Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. All right, Genesis chapter 28. We're going to begin reading at verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on top of it. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you, God, give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Now, I bet most of you think my sermon's about money today, don't you? Nope, you're wrong. Not about money. But it is about giving. Verse 16 and verse 17, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't even know it. And he was afraid, and he said, this place is awesome. This place is none other than than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Now, you may know, you may not know, but God had an unbelievable plan for Jacob's life. Just like God has an unbelievable plan for your life. But you see, at this time in our story, Jacob had not discovered God's plan. At this particular time, Jacob was a con man. He was stumbling through life trying to figure out who he was. Well, during this time of stumbling, he fell asleep in a desolate place, and he had a dream that changed his life. He woke up and he said, Toto, we ain't in Kansas anymore. This place is unbelievable. This place is awesome, and I have never been to a place like this before. Well, friend, I want you to know today God wants to take you to an awesome place. A place where you have never been before. Or certainly, at least, not in a long time. Because you see, some of you have been in church for a long time, but it has been years since you have had an awesome experience. You come in with your important self, you cross your legs, you look cute, and then you just kind of wait for the service to be over. And then you go through the grading process. You give it a thumbs up, you give it a thumbs down, you give it an eight, a nine, or if I'm preaching, a three, and then you go and get on with your day. But you have not had that awesome experience with God to where you had to talk about it on the job for the next three days while everyone else was talking about football scores. Wouldn't it be great to have an experience that you couldn't stop talking about to the point where you said, Lord, I was in an awesome place. Well, Jacob says, you know what? I've stumbled onto something. There was no building, but yet he says, this is the house of God. 
No brick, no mortar, not any stone, not any wood. But he said, this place is amazing. You see, because he had entered into a realm in the spirit world. And he thinks, hey, I found God's address. This is God's house. And he finds something that is mind-boggling. He discovers something that is profoundly important. He says, I have found the gate of heaven. I have found the gate of heaven. Now, anytime you see a gate, it means that it is an access point. When you see a fence or you run into a wall, it means you're locked out, you're restricted, you're restrained. But if you will follow that fence to the gate, it means that you have access. Now, you can't go through the fence, you have to go through the gate. And the book of Revelation tells us there are 12 gates to the heavenly city, which is the access point to the throne of God. Now, friend, you need to realize something. You can't come to God just any way you want. You can't come any way you want into the presence of God. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10 that if you try to come in any other way than the way he has ordained, you are a thief and a robber. So you can only have access through the gate. And Jacob says, I have found the gate of heaven. I mean, wouldn't it be an awesome discovery? A powerful discovery? Wouldn't it be a life-changing discovery if we were able to find out how to get in the presence of God whenever we needed to get into the presence of God? <laughs> well, there's some people over here who would like to. Do you you guys already got it under control? I sh I'm sorry. I shouldn't do that. I, you know, I need to try to lead you guys to heaven, not pu push you further towards the dark side. To... <laughs> oh, no. Well, before Jacob tells us that he had found the gate, let's rewind a little bit. In verse 12, he says that, he saw, that, he, that in a dream, he saw a ladder from earth to heaven with angels ascending and descending on it. Now, angels are ministering spirits. They're messengers that are sent from God. And the thing is, Jacob sets in motion a principle that you and I need to understand today. When you start praising God, your praise is a gift unto God. Your praise is something that you can actually give to the creator of the universe, the creator of your body, and it is our opportunity to bless God. It is sad and it is embarrassing to admit this, but most church people are so busy trying to be blessed by God that they never take the time or the effort to bless God. Let me explain to you what praise is in this case. You cannot praise God effectively with your mouth closed. You say, well, Mike, I don't know if I believe that or not. 
You weren't communicating with the people at the donut stand with your mouth closed. You were yakking your jaws so quick, you bit your tongue twice before you got your story finished. And I know there are those of you who say, well, God knows my heart, and I praise Him in, in, in my heart, and He knows that. Let me educate you about your God. Your God is a speaking God. He is an articulate God. Matter of fact, he's actually the articulation of an abstract thought and ideology. Let me show you what I mean. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 3 says, all things were made through him, and he did it by the power of his spoken word when he said, let there be. Hey, your God is a talker. He is a talker. And so if you want to bless God, you cannot bless him your way. You have to bless God his way. And he tells us what that way is. Look at Psalms 34. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Is it something that he's doing in his heart? No. He goes on to say, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And then he advises us to magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So when you get ready to bless God... When you get ready to bring the creator of the universe a gift, you do it by opening your mouth and praising him. That's the way it gets done. Now, it's hard to teach this bringing a gift, Hebrewistic rooted theology in American culture today because, well, the fact is we have very little protocol anymore. As a society, we have become a very casual people. Bringing a host or a hostess gift when we go and visit someone's house has become passe. But you see, in other cultures, you don't approach dignitaries nonchalantly. You don't come with an invitation. You don't come with an appointment. Ladies and gentlemen, you certainly don't come empty-handed. Proper etiquette is that if you came to get something, you bring a gift. When my dad and I used to go visit the president of Malawi, Makili Maluzi, we came loaded down. We brought him sunglasses. We brought him watches. We brought him shirts. Cowboy boots. That is how you approach a dignitary. First Peter 2.9 says, we are a royal priesthood. Well, Jeremiah 33.18 says, the priest shall never lack a man before God to offer offerings and sacrifices continually. In other words, don't come into God's presence without bringing him something because he is the king. And I'm not talking about Elvis. 
I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 2 Kings chapter 5, when Naaman got ready to go to Elisha to receive his healing, he spent time preparing what he was going to give the prophet. He didn't want to offend him. It is an insult to come to someone who you think can bless you and not bring a blessing. Matter of fact, you break the spiritual law of reciprocity, give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So if you get ready to come into the presence of God, you need to bring him something. And the one thing that you can bring him, the one thing that is always in style, the one thing that is always correct is for you to bring him your praise. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, not my head, not my thoughts, not my attitude. Why? Because God says, I want you to speak to me audibly because when I get ready to respond, respond to you, I am going to speak a word into your life. Psalm 107 says he sent his word and healed them. When Jesus got ready to raise Lazarus from the dead, he did it by the spoken word. He didn't think Lazarus out of the grave. He spoke him out of the grave. Lazarus, come forth. What happened? Lazarus came forth. If you want God to speak a word over your situation, you need to speak a word to him. Proverbs 28, 21 says, The power of life and death is in your tongue. Does our tongue, the way we use it, does it speak more life or does it speak more death? Jesus said, you shall have whatever you ask. But you need to open your mouth. If you open your mouth and begin to speak to God, the power of deliverance is in your mouth. And now back to Jacob's dream. Because you see, when we see angels descending up into the heavens, what are they, do what are they doing? They're carrying prayers and praises up to the Holy of Holies, into the very presence of God, and they're bringing answers back down. And so to get an answer, that means you've got to send something up. Listen, some of your angels are just standing empty-handed, twiddling their thumbs because you came in here with an attitude. Today, you came in here upset, or you came in here with your mind disengaged, thinking about what you're going to do when the important part of the day starts. <laughs> but you need to give your angels something to present as an offering before the throne of God. Psalms 511 says, let those who love God be joyful in God. You can't sit here empty-handed with your cute little self and think that you are so wonderful that your presence ought to be enough. Your God is hungry for your praise. He is thirsty to hear you open your mouth and say, Lord, you are awesome. God, you are incredible. Father, you are the man. Mm. And the thing is, friend, if you can get a hold of this principle, you will stop being a cheerleader in the church. 
You know those that stand on the sideline cheering and say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, let it loose, let it loose, grab hold, grab hold, whatever they say, and you are the one who could be going, the, going ahead. You won't have to wait for someone else to lay hands on you. You'll lay hands on yourself and rebuke the devil because you will have entered through the gate of heaven. The church has spent years telling us what all God has for us and what God's power can do in our life, but the church did not tell us about the gate. And so consequently, most people are standing somewhere outside the fence. They're looking in. They're talking about how beautiful the city is, how wonderful the city is, how nice it'd be to go in and experience it when they could pass through the gate and unlock the very presence of God. Friend, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of talking about what God can do and what I might be able to have. I would rather get it than talk about it. I would rather walk in God's promises than dream about God's promises. So Jacob says God was here. And man, I missed it. I didn't even know it. Now, I know Pastor Travis is here. I can see him. I know Starla is here. I can see her. And she's also hit me up for a pair of shoes, saying that the shoes she has with the outfit doesn't really match, and she needs a new pair of shoes. And so I know she's here. Now, my credit card may not be here. But because we cannot see him, do we know he's here? If you know he was here, why were you standing during praise and worship with your mouth closed? <laughs> Jacob said, without a doubt, the presence of the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Here's my point. We have been in the presence of God for years. But instead of trusting our faith, we have relied on our senses. Instead of trusting our faith, we have relied on our senses. In Acts chapter 17, verse 27, Paul is talking about how people seek the Lord and how they want to touch God. And then talking about how people search for God, Paul says, but it is in God that we live and in him that we move and in him that we have our being. Paul is saying, I was seeking after something. I was searching for something that I was living in. Do something with me. Take a deep breath. Man, got some smokers over there or something. They're taking a deep breath and about to pass out. <laughs> got to get some oxygen to these people over here. Breathe in. 
Did you know God is in that breath you just took? God is in the wind on your face. God is all in your clothes. He is in your hair. God is all over you, and he is keeping you alive. God was in the car that you came in this morning. God was in the house that you left. And do you understand? Do you understand that you have never, ever been alone one moment in your life? Now, if you want a punch in the gut, listen to this. Whatever you did, whenever you did it, wherever you did it, did you know that it was in the presence of God? Oh. Oh, God, I am so sorry. I thought I had snuck one over on you. I knew you didn't follow me around that corner that time. Oh, God. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you, oh, God, are there. You know what that means? That means even if your marriage is hell, God is still in it. Really didn't expect too many amens right there, but but listen, you cannot escape God. That's why it's foolish for the backslider to run. I mean, hey, dummy, where are you going to run to? Because wherever you end up, God is already there waiting on you. Doesn't take rocket science. Now, this is called the omnipresence of God. God being everywhere at once. Not coming, not on his way. God is always here. One of his covenant names is Jehovah Shammah, which means Jehovah is here. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, He that comes to God must believe that he is, not was, not will be, but that he is in every atom, in every molecule, at every point in space. But you see, God is not of any point in space. And you see, that's what we have trouble getting our head around. Let me put it this way. God is everywhere at the same time in the same way your mind is in your brain. Okay, if they would give you and me a lobotomy, preferably you instead of me, (laughs) but if they would give me a lobotomy and open my head up, first of all, I can assure you they would find a brain. There is a brain there. I may not use it very much, but I do have a brain. And so they could pinpoint my brain, the different lobes of my brain, the different parts of my brain, but they could not pinpoint my mind. And don't say because you don't have one, you've lost it already. That's too easy. But think about it. If they dissected your brain, they can find every part of your brain, but they cannot find your mind, but yet you have one. And so in the same way, God is with you all the time, everywhere. The Bible says the Lord, your God, is a very present help in trouble. I want you to know when you're trying to find the number, God is already there. When you're calling the doctor, God is already there. When you're waiting on the ambulance, he is already omnipresent on the scene. God is here. The question is, do we realize it? If you could see in the spirit, you would be amazed at what's in this room. 
Psalms 34, 7 says the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. That means they're all around you. They're here. They're in your house. I told Starla this, this point, and she said, you know, I, I understand what you're trying to say, but I'm pretty sure that they're outside the door when you're in the bathroom. Don't laugh at me like you. Uh, you know what? I think the angels are even there also. They are always there for those who reverence God. Have you ever tripped on the stairs, but yet something caught you? You remember, remember that person that ran that red light? and was coming right at you head on, but yet somehow they missed you, and you're here? And the best times, have you ever ended up having church all by yourself? You're washing dishes, you're mowing the lawn, when all of a sudden it just felt like someone was singing with you and someone was worshiping with you, and it seemed like the whole atmosphere was filled with prayer and praise and worship. There wasn't anyone around, but you were having ridiculous church. Well, you see, the omnipresence means God is always there. God is always here. He's everywhere. But the manifest presence of God is when the God who is always here reveals himself to you. Oh, man. And all of a sudden, you just know it. You just know it. I mean, there are times in church when you can feel it and you can see it. We can be singing a song, and at first it's just an ordinary song. But at some point, at some point during the song, if you're sensitive, you can feel the shift. You can sense the transition. And what I mean is that at that point in the song, you have just found the key to the gate. And then the song takes on a life of its own. It doesn't matter if the singer is on pitch or the musician is in the right key. It doesn't even matter if you can sing a note. Because all of a sudden, your voice doesn't sound like a dying calf in a thunderstorm. You sound like the lead vocalist in a 10,000-voice angelic choir. And you think, my goodness, I have found the gate of heaven. And you realize you realize that you have gained access. Access to the very presence of Almighty God. Jacob said, I found the gate of heaven. I know where God lives. And so like us, we want to rationalize, we want to analyze. So he doesn't want to blow it, so what does he do? He goes and he gets some rocks together. He anoints him with oil, does something a little bit holy. And he says, I'm going to mark this spot so that whenever I get in trouble and I need to be able to reach the throne room of God, I can find this place again. Yeah. What Jacob didn't understand is the magic is not in the mountain. It's not in a location. It's not in a special song. It's not in a certain preacher. It's not in the special rocks he laid his hand, head on and then anointed afterwards. Access to the presence of God through the gate is in the attitude of your heart. The attitude of your heart. 
And friend, I want you to know that whenever and wherever you practice God's principles, God will show up. But you see, what people call a worship service today really isn't a worship service. It's mostly religious entertainment. Christian HBO. Holy Hulu. Let me tell you what real worship is. Real worship will fall in this place like an earthquake. When it hits, real worship will transcend culture. It won't matter what the color of your skin is. It won't matter what your background is. It won't matter what your denominational affiliation is. It won't even matter if you've ever been around God in your entire life. I want you to know you can be rock'em, sock'em from Floozy's nightclub and delicatessen, and if real worship hits this place, you're going to feel it. Now, you may know what to call it. It may make you feel uncomfortable, but when real worship erupts, every person in this place is going to know it. And you're going to think something is happening in this place. I don't know what it is, but it is definitely different. Different, And folks, that something is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, please get me to the gate. Father, I have to get to the gate. I want to get to the kingdom and the power and the glory. I am tired of hanging around on the outside. I'm tired of looking through the fence. I want to get through the gate so I can get into the presence of God. Oh, my goodness. But you see, the problem is most of us are like the lame man. In Acts chapter 3, who daily sat by the gate beautiful, but never went through the gate beautiful. Every day he was around spiritual things, but he never got into spiritual things. Oh, so you did us a favor. You came to church this morning. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Big deal. So what? I don't want to offend you, but do you think your presence is so spectacular that God owes you something because you got out of bed and brushed your teeth and walked into this building? Who gave you mobility in your legs? Who told your lungs to breathe last night while you were slobbering all over your pillow? Who woke you up this morning and don't you dare insult God and say your alarm clock? It was Almighty God who has kept you alive and you think it's a big deal because you get out of bed and come to church? And you sit there like this during worship service? We are insane! Friend, it is not enough just to come through the gate. If you don't pass through the gate, you are just watching spiritual showtime. And so many people come and they watch a little while. They want to be entertained. Oh, I want the choir to sing more. I really didn't like worship. I would rather have my style of music at church. I didn't like what the preacher preached today. Hey, you know why you don't like the music? It's because you lack anointing. There, I said it. It's out in the open and I'll stand on it.
Because when you have the anointing, it's not my job to bring the anointing. It's not their job to bring the anointing. It is your job to bring the anointing. And when you have the anointing, a howling alley cat will bless you. We have gotten so comfortable, so comfortable like God owes us something. We need to get off the bench and we need to get in the game. I want you to know Jesus Christ said upon the fact that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this church has always been built on the anointing and the glory of God. Everything we have ever done, we have done it not because we were talented, not because we had resources, not because we had good programs, not because we sang the right music, but because we provoked the presence of God. And I want you to know, whenever God's presence it comes, healing comes, prosperity comes, deliverance comes. Wherever God's presence is, you will see the changing of hearts. And it's all through the gate. It's all through the gate. But you see, most people are seeking the blessings of God rather than the presence of God. They want the healings of God, but they're not too concerned about making the effort to get into his presence. Lord, just zap me with a little Holy Ghost power and I'll be good. You're trying to find out how you can get God to bless your business, but what you need to be trying to figure out is how you can get God. Because if you can get God, he will bless your business. If you can get God, he will bless your coming in. He will bless your going out. He will bless your barns. He will bless your business. He will bless your children. He will bless your body. God said, I will even bless your cattle. That means he'll bless your dog, your cat, your goldfish, and the little turtle with a painted shell on its back. It's all there in the presence of God. And then, Lord, please, God, please, God, let me in the gate. Let me in the gate so that when the enemy comes against me, I can access your presence. You see, because there are times when I don't have time to find the pastor. There are times and situations that by the time I get the prayer chain together, the devil's already broken in and taken my stuff. But I want you to know, if you want to get in the presence of God, nothing can stop you. You won't need a musician. You won't need a choir. You won't need technology. You can simply walk across your living room and say, Lord, I thank you. Jesus, you are mighty. God, I praise your name. Father, I love you so much. I thank you. I magnify you today. God, no matter what's going on in my life, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. God, I praise your name today. That's all it takes. From the very depth of my spirit, Lord, I want you to know I love you. Thank you for every miracle. Thank you for every deliverance. And most of all, God, thank you for forgiving my sins and washing me in the blood of the Lamb. That's what it's about anyway. 
And the people that do not worship, it's what I've said before. The people who do not worship are the people that have forgotten that your wretched, stinking, awful sins and mine were forgiven. And if we will never forget that, we will never stop praising him. We will never stop worshiping him. I want you to know anytime I call his name, I feel his trust at 3 o'clock in the morning. If you'll let me see Jesus, I can get in touch with him by myself. If you'll let me say Jesus, no devil in hell can stop me from getting to Jesus. When I call his name, demons have to tremble. Satan's power has got to come down. Let's try it. How about somebody say Jesus? Jesus. 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 Jesus, your name reigns. You're my wheel in the middle of a wheel. You are the son of David. Jesus, you're my provider. Jesus, you're my doctor. I am tired of hanging around the outside of the gate with all of my problems and my frustrations. I'm going to drag my situation to the gate where I can get into the presence of God. I'm ready to go in. Are you? So now I've told you about the gate. Let me tell you how to get through the gate. Inquiring minds want to know, how do we get to the other side of the gate? Well, what did David say? Psalms 100 verse 4. It's right there, plain as day. He said, enter through his gates with thanksgiving and head on into his courts with praise. In other words, if you want to go through the gate, don't try to do it with an attitude. Don't come to God trying to be cute and sophisticated, sitting there with your arms crossed, all huffy and puffy. I don't like this. I don't like that. Entertain me if you can. Folks, we owe God more than that. If you want to get in touch with God, I dare you to give him some praise. Start saying, Lord, I thank you. Lord, you know I'm going through hell and high water, but Lord, I thank you anyway. God, I got a bad report from the doctor, but I thank you anyway. God, I have more bills than I have money, but God, I thank you anyway for what I have. And listen, when you start thanking and praising God, he will open up the gate and he will meet you where you're at. And if God is with me, who can be against me? I was thinking about my dad today. I was up in the, don't, don't do that, I'll start crying. Don't be sympathetic. Anyway, I was thinking about my dad, thinking about my mom. Matter of fact, I was thinking about Dwayne Critchfield. I don't know why. I was in the office, and, and, and I, this didn't have anything to do with my sermon. I'm just telling you what was going on. And I thought, I wonder what they're doing. What are my dad's doing right now? And like a, a ton of bricks, it hit me upside the head. And God said, he's praising me. They're worshiping me. And I said, wow. Well, maybe we better start practice down here. You think? But you know, my dad, he used to say all the time, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard him say that, what's sauce for the goose 
is sauce for the gander. <laughs> Have you heard that saying before? <laughs> well, sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. And what that means is, if it's good enough for one, it's good enough for the other. Okay, well, Jesus had been teaching the multitude, and the disciples come to him and say, Lord, we need to feed these people, and there are a whole lot of people. There are 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. And all we have is five loaves of bread and two trout. Now, you may be here today, and you're in the desert. But let me show you the gate. Let me show you the gate. And so Jesus said, bring me what you have. Matthew 14, 19. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. He gave thanks. The translation that I'm reading from is not the translation that you're reading from up here. He gave thanks, or he blessed the food. But I like to think that he gave thanks unto God for the provision. Jesus entered into the gates with thanksgiving. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, one-third of the Godhead, Part of the trio that was there when the heavens and the earth were created practiced what the Word of God tells us to do. He gave thanks. Now here's my point. The fish sandwich was not enough on this side of the gate. But when Jesus gave thanks... When Jesus entered through the gate with thanksgiving and with praise, it became more than enough on the other side. It was not enough here. It was not enough here. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. It's not very much, but I praise you for what it is. And here, it fed the multitudes. It fed the multitudes. I'm talking to someone who doesn't have enough money today. I'm talking to someone who doesn't have enough health today. I'm talking to someone who is going through hell and high water. And my word to you based on God's word is to stop complaining, stop worrying, and take the little that you have and get it to the gate. Take what you have and bring it to the gate. How do I get to the gate? You look towards heaven. You say, Lord, it's not enough, but I thank you anyway. God, here's all I have, but I thank you for what I've got. Father, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to praise your holy name. You bring it to the gate. And when Jesus took not enough and started giving thanks, it changed in his hands. It changed in his hands. And friend, you have something in your hands and it may not look like enough, but I dare you to thank God. I dare you to praise God anyway. It is not enough for us just to come to church and sit here. But if you will thank him, if you will get it out of your hands and send it to the throne room of heaven, 
from your, through your angels, it will change and God's answer will come and it will affect your situation. You'll thank him it will change in your hands. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it does not matter what's in your wallet. What matters is what's in your hands and what you do with it. What are you going to do with what you have? Are you going to make the effort to get through the gate? Bow your heads with me, please. Friend, I understand that there may be people here who think they're facing an insurmountable problem. To make matters worse, the devil is screaming at you that your situation is hopeless. Well, God wants you to know that the devil is a liar. Friend, drag your problem to the gate today. Bring your problem to the gate. Bring your situation to the gate. Bring your sin to the gate. Bring your sin to the gate is the best place to start. Because friend, anything, anything that you need to access from God, it starts when you pass through the gate. So let me ask, how many are here and you need to come through and pass through the gate of heaven today and enter into the throne room of God. Would you raise your hand? You need to come through. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's only five people that need to access the throne room of God today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 okay, hey, oh, open your eyes. Open your eyes. <laughs> Say, stop, stop a minute. Stop a minute. Uh, I know I shouldn't do this, but when we did prayer requests, every hand in this room went up and said, I have a need. I have a need. I have a need. It comes time to altar call where we're pulling it all together. We've just talked about getting to the throne room, getting our needs answered. How many need to get through the gate? Five people. So that means every person in here except those five people, you have perfect health. You have all of your financial needs met. All of your relationship issues are great. All of your job is great. You don't need help with anything. What is wrong with us? We are too high and mighty to lower ourselves. God, we need your help. Or we're too busy trying to go get a hamburger. I mean, we have raised a lazy generation of people who instead of making the time and taking the time to go through the gate, we are content to sit outside and just watch what's going on inside the gate. All week long, I am hearing for people who are struggling. People who, I start to say dying, I don't mean dying literally, but some are dying literally. But they're struggling. 
They have so many needs. They need so much help. They need God to do something so miraculous in their life. And yet we come to church and we sit here like this. So do you really not think God is here? That's it, isn't it? You really don't believe that God who created the world is in this room today. Or you may think he's in this room today, but he doesn't care enough about you to help you with your situation. Friend, he sent his son. He sent his son to die for you. You don't think he loves you? You don't think he cares about you? When are we going to get off the bench and get in the game? When are we going to rekindle the fire of the Holy Ghost in our heart to where we don't come to church and just sit and watch? To where we sit with a judgmental attitude of what we like or what we don't like? When are we going to get to the point to where we just say, God, whatever you have for me, I don't care who's preaching. I don't care who's singing. Whatever you have for me, God, I'm here with an open heart. Stand with me if you would. The altars are open. Elders, altar workers, would you come, please? Sorry, I forgot. These altars are open. If you raised your hands, if you didn't raise your hands, it's okay. I invite you to come. I invite you to come.